Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Asians in Advertising. This is a show that tackles issues Asians face in their daily lives and in their careers. I'm Susie Bao, and today I'm joined by Lani Tuatasi, Director of Cultural Innovations at Cashmere Agency. Welcome, Lani. What up, y'all? What up, Susie? Thank you for having me. I am Lani Tuitasi, and I'm currently the Director of Cultural Innovations at Cashmere Agency, based here in LA, really leading the innovative ways that brands, shows, and films connect to culture and, most importantly, move it forward. And how do we know each other? So we have a mutual friend and mentor, Christina Jenkins, a.k.a. KJ. Tell us, what was your journey into advertising? How did you get to where you are today? I am born and raised in Missouri, a suburb outside of St. Louis, brown girl from the Burbs. It's funny because at a very young age, I was really obsessed with advertising, journalism, and hip-hop. It was like the, those three influences that really drove my my inspiration and really what made me was actually the rom-com What Women Want. Have you watched it? Yes. (laughs) I saw it as a love interest between her and her career and what she stood for, especially when it came to women first ad campaigns. So I fell in love with advertising in like seventh grade. And from then on, I was obsessed I remember looking up Leo Burnett, BBDO, DDB, and having even my mom take me to Chicago. And I'd have a picture of me in the lobby of Leo Burnett. No way. On Wacker Street. That's so cool. Do you still have that? Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I remember having this uh, book and I would collect books of old advertisements. And I was just, I basically had advertising be my sport. I was like considered or I considered myself an advertising athlete, which is so nerdy to think about. And I also played basketball and softball, but that wasn't my true passion. It was advertising in particular pitching. My weekends were spent creating ad campaigns for fun with my friends and coming out of college. There was only one agency I wanted to work for. And that was Crispin Porter and Bogusky and the rebellious nature of that agency. I did anything I could to get my foot in the door there. So persistent to where I'm pretty sure they just hired me as an intern because (laughs) I I literally wouldn't take no for an answer. And I started in their LA office. And that's where I had my early career. So why strategy? What, What drew you to that discipline? I was always in between creative and strategy. I also think strategy gave me a way of connecting to others because I would interview them and all the people that I would want to talk to, I, you know, use as an opportunity through my my work and for a campaign to be able to explore who they were more. And I love that aspect of it, the method acting of being a strategist and getting to know your consumer. But I a creative too at the end of the day. And um, I actually graduated with an emphasis in art direction. And so I went back and forth. And so a lot of my art direction skill and way that I think I think bleeds into my strategy and it really is a balance of the two. So what is your Asian heritage? My Asian heritage is Pacific Islander. I am mixed Samoan and European with some Tongan, which I learned from a DNA test that I took. Um, Being mixed Samoan and European, um, we call it afakasi. Uh, which is the Samoan term for it and what I oftentimes go by. 
Um, Samoa is uh, part of the South Pacific Ocean. A lot of people don't know um, that the South Pacific Ocean is broken down into Micronesia, Melanesia, Polynesia. And so Samoa is one of those island groups. It's where my dad is from, the village of Malai Loa. And my mom is European and from Missouri, which is why I grew up there. I think it's important to talk about um, you're the PI in AAPI. So what are the cultural differences amongst, you know, you know, Asians are not a monolith, clearly. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about even the cultural differences among Asians. Yeah, because AAPI is such a broad term. The way that I really identify is being third culture within that, which I think a lot of Asians or Pacific Islanders, however you identify within that term, can connect to, which is that we're the intersection point of our ethnicity, where our parents are from, our environment, and then also where we are now, the culture that we're currently experiencing. For me, it's being Samoan, European, born and raised in the Midwest, now living here in L.A., I've been able to really start to understand the nuances between Asians. And I think Pacific Islanders are heavily misrepresented within that larger term, which is exactly why I'm here today, too. Um, I think another big thing that we talked about was that um, a lot of API conversations and Asians talking about the pressure to be doctors and lawyers. Um, It is definitely not like that for Pacific Islanders. Um, Very much so, the pressure is to be in sports and to play football or rugby or to be an entertainer. And then also I see a big nuance in uh, Pacific Islanders and our indigenousness. And so Samoa and other islands are considered indigenous cultures and and nations. And that comes through um, our passion for the va, um, which is connecting our, our connection to the land, the aina, the, um, our ancestors, our cultural traditions like dancing and our tataos, which are our tattoos, and our family, our ainga. That's all extremely important to us. And we don't sacrifice that even, I think, um, going into um, predominantly like white colonial driven spaces. I think it's really difficult not to. But because of just how we're raised, that indigenousness is very important to us. So how did your Asian background, your Pacific Islander culture has affected your career? So many ways, both positive and negative, I'd say. Um, I think some of the positive ways are that um, we're very tapped into culture. Just growing up, especially Samoans, we're very tapped into black and brown culture, especially. And oftentimes I gravitate toward black and brown communities and Asian communities. And so I organically grew into being very culture first as a strategist and prioritizing culture. Also, entertainment is very much in our blood, and I think that has helped me a lot in the ad world. And I see that come through in my pitching. Every pitch I go into, I take it as a chance to be an entertainer um, because no one is going to choose you as your agency if you're boring them and your campaigns can't be boring. And so I love being able to spice it up. Pitch theater is my thing. Um, And also our ability to protect culture, it just is in our blood. That 
ambition to protect our culture and to watch out for it comes through in my strategies as a cultural innovation instructor. I also am acutely aware of cultural stereotypes and appropriation um, that you see just constantly still today. And so I love being able to show up in the spaces that I can within advertising with that full Pacific Islander perspective so I can help people see the blind spots and help navigate brands to understand how to connect to culture in a way that's not stealing it, but is partnering and collaborating with it. I hope they learn something too. Each time that I stand up for the culture, I hope it's an education moment. And then we can, they can share it with others. And then hopefully we can all just get smarter together. Yeah, I'm glad you said that word education because the same time, you know, this has been going on for a while. We don't want to shame the people that have been doing this in the past because they, their intentions are good, as we know. Their intention is they think they're honoring um, the cultures, but maybe in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So educating them is is the best way to say thanks for trying so how does your current role now you know you evolve from being you know just director of cultural innovation but really you truly are a cultural therapist i think we talked about this yeah absolutely um because luckily um throughout my experience in advertising i found a space in a community um where i currently work to where i can fully show up. And what comes with that, though, because it's such a beautiful thing, is that whenever um, a brand falters in the culture, we throw out, you know, getting canceled, they oftentimes go to communities of color and they ask, okay, help us understand what we did. Uh, Like, help us navigate this issue, this tragedy that happened in in the world. Um, I remember during the George Floyd and Breonna Taylor murders in 2020, oh my God, it was all of these questions coming at us, especially cultural strategists of how do we navigate this? What do we do? And even in the past months or so of the tragedies that have been happening that are so racially fueled, it oftentimes gets put on us. And so it's it's both a blessing and a curse. And what comes from that is what I call cultural burnout. And you see a lot of cultural strategists struggling with it um, or strategists who are culture first because you immediately want to jump in and you want to start writing these strategies. Um, But then you start to burn out with the explaining and the over explaining. And when it comes to your own cultural identity, it gets personal. And so that burnout is real. Yeah. Well, thank goodness for the brands that have reached out to you. Um, to help them through this because, you know, we need to let them know this is just the beginning. Yeah. They're just taking the first step. And I'm glad they're taking it with you. Totally. What What's the importance of having um, mentors and, you know, how has she helped you from a mentorship standpoint? Yeah, mentors are very important to me. Um, I think that also kind of uh, draws back to my Pacific Islander heritage, uh, elders are very respected, coveted. We protect our elders at all costs because they are the keepers of knowledge and experience. And I think of my mentors, even if they're my age, um, in a similar way of you have this incredible knowledge and I want to be able to um, explore it and tap into it and help each other. And KJ, oh my God, all my mentors 
they you know it's nothing but love and respect on that human level and then I have some mentors that really help me push my strategy skill KJ's included in that and ones that help me explore my own AAPI cultural identity and translate that to cultural innovation any last piece of advice you want to share with our audience listening yeah, I think for my Pacifica community, if y'all are listening, my other Pacific Islanders in the ad industry, um, we are not just, you know, a small island. Our culture is big. Uh, people don't know about us um, on a large scale yet, but I encourage all of us to lean into that cultural power, um, that mana uh, in our culture, mana means power, and it's often associated with inner strength, inner power. And, oh, my God, it's so palpable. Like, I, when I see other Pacific Islanders and we celebrate our culture and um, we put it out there for the world to see, it's an emotional experience like no other because I, f- I feel our ancestors looking over us and so proud of us. And so I encourage anyone um, that's, you know, Pacific Islander in the ad industry to let that shine, like let that come through, even though it can be really intimidating, like practice it. I think it just comes down to practicing it in the meetings, just even a 30 minute meeting where it's you um, in a creative brainstorm. Practice like bringing that ancestral spirit out and that mana and then pitch rooms. Let them hear you. Um, because, you know, when you, when you speak, you have all of that ancestral power speaking behind you as well. And people feel it and they don't, you know, as part of this system, it can be easy to try to silence that. And cause it's scary because it's a different type of power than people are used to seeing like money power, um, or white male power, but it is just as powerful, um, I definitely advise anyone to show up for their culture in whatever space they're in and for the overall AAPI community to just trust the cultural self, whatever that third culture intersection that you have. Um, we all basically have that in common, so many of us, but to you know lean into it as a way to stand out in the industry and to make your work better. And at the end of the day, just let that cultural intuition drive how you navigate the industry it's always counterintuitive like well like what's what makes the most sense like what's the smart next move in my career sometimes just go inward and feel that cultural intuition that sense of mana and let that guide you and then validate it but maybe try doing that first because I think that that's really worked for me and I definitely encourage that because we all have it in us well I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and the extraordinary brand therapist that you are. You just have given me so much inspiration and I hope that everyone else listening is so inspired by you. I've learned so much just talking with you about Mana, about, you know, the struggles of, you know, showing up for your culture and it's, you know, the courage that you have in speaking up is amazing and I hope that is so encouraging to other people. So thank you for listening, everyone, and I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Thank you, Lonnie. Is that good? (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you so much. This was so fun. So fun. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more, visit us at asiansinadvertising.com. And we would really appreciate it if you rate, review, or follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to tune in in two weeks 
to get another episode with Bernice.